Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I am so excited. Welcome, everybody. We are starting a new series, Deer Camp, Homesteady Deer Camp. And what we're going to do for the month of October into the month of November is we're going to be going every week, updates from the field, uh, from whether it's a little bit of hunting, whether it's a little bit of archery hunting, deer hunting, bird hunting. Uh, we'll, we'll include all our outdoor adventures in the fall. And uh, that's one of the reasons I have my special guest. So if you are on our email list, you already know there's a special guest tonight. Fan favorite, been on the show a, a bazillion times, and he's here tonight. And he's going to be here through all of Homesteady's Hunt Camp. He's actually one of my Hunt Camp buddies, Uncle Bourbon. Uh, welcome to the show. All right. Glad to be here tonight. I wish you were here in person for, for Hunt Camp, but that's brewing, right? Maybe something in the it works? Is. I think so. All right, good. Because uh, we've had a lot of good times, a lot of good hunt camps together, and no doubt uh, tonight we're going to share some of those stories. Here's what I want from you. If you're watching right now, first off, smash the likes. Let's get the uh, likes on the live stream up. Hunting content gets suppressed. It doesn't get enough airtime on YouTube as it is. And I think hunting is a great way for homesteaders to put meat in the freezer, learn to butcher on an animal that you didn't raise. A lot of really good stuff about hunting. I always picture hunting as like just major part of homesteading and I'm surprised more homesteading content isn't about hunting uh, so that's one of the reasons we're doing this uh, this series this fall deer camp just to try to bring hunting back into the conversation uh, with homesteaders and uh, I know a lot of you watching are hunters so in the comment section two things after you smash the likes guess you're gonna find out later how our opening day went did we see any deer did we get a deer opening day? So comment. And also, if you're a hunter, let me know. Let uh, You'll see on the fly in the chat box. That's Uncle Bourbon. That's uh, another show he's working on. Uh, but let us know in the chat box if you are a hunter, what you've got this season, what you're looking for. I think Noah was already saying he's 
uh, putting free-range turkeys away, so that's exciting. Uh, free-range turkeys are delicious. Wild turkeys are delicious. So both really good. Thank you all for joining us tonight, and uh, welcome you in the chat box. Uncle Bourbon, what have you been up to this fall? I'm just dreaming about great gravy now that you mentioned turkey. So, <laughs> All right, so this... I, have, I have a confession to make. I've only had wild turkey. This will tell you how good of a turkey hunter I am. I've only had wild turkey once. Are you talking about the beverage, or are we talking about... <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about no, wild, I'm... you know, me in the woods, True. wild turkey. Now, I've had a, f a couple friends willing to share... Uh, but I've only got one wild turkey in all my years of hunting. So hopefully this fall we will change that. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, we'll see. We already got a super chat. Ben Newman, thank you so much, Ben. Yeah. He says, hey, man, great topic. Doesn't get talked about a lot. So true, Ben. I wish hunting was more in the conversation, uh, more popular amongst the homesteading world. So we're going to hopefully change that. And uh, the kids are, of course, jumping up and down. The kids, just so anybody knows, we uh, split the Super Chats with the crew. My older kids run the sound, and uh, they're pretty thrilled. They're, I saw them, the, the minute I see them start to do the wave, I know they got a Super Chat, so. <laughs> now, I got a bone to pick with you, Uncle Bourbon, because I think you and me feel differently about opening day. I know we feel differently about opening day. I look at it like a holiday. It is literally like the whole year. It's, it's the day I look forward to the most. And it doesn't matter what season. That's the fun thing I think about being an outdoorsman is you have opening day of fishing in the spring. And that could be multi, right? You have your opening day, you can fish for maybe bass, opening day for trout, opening day for, you know, something else. And then in the fall, you have opening day of archery, opening day of gun season. Uh, tomorrow, my son, my oldest son and I are headed out for opening day of youth pheasant. In Pennsylvania, there's like 13 different opening days. <laughs> and for me, they are all like a holiday. I take the day off of work, if that's what you call this. <laughs> right, I take the day off of work and me and the kids go spend time on opening day. You... You don't even go out for opening day. No, not well, fishing, especially fishing, because that's where I'm going to spend most of my time most of the year on the water. Opening day for me is great because that means everybody leaves the water and now I have all the water to fish. <laughs> Funding season, I am. But when it comes to fishing, I never really stop. So there is no opening day for fishing for me. Um, so I don't view it as a, a holiday there um, that way. But when it comes to opening day of hunting, I think a little different. A little different, you know, now that we're, we're separated by this distance, you know, not having my hunting buddies as much around, it yeah. makes it a little bit tougher, but tougher, but definitely when you have that around or that's the way to do it. Yeah. You now for those watching who uncle bourbon's been on the show many times, but for those who don't know you, um, avid fly fisher, uh, your name in the chat box is on the fly working on a show mm -hmm. on the fly cast. We'll hear more about that later, maybe in our, uh, in our series. Also a, a fishing guide. Tell us a little bit about like what you're busy doing year round as a fishing guide. Yeah, I mean, as a fishing guide, just spending a lot of time on the water, uh, guiding different people if they want to be guided. If not, just a lot of times on social media and everything or some of the avenues, I'm, will, I'm giving away information. <laughs> people are like, hey, I'm coming to your, I'm coming to your area or I'm going to fish this area. Hey, what's, what's going on? Yeah. And I'll be honest with you because... Not every fly shop in the world is going to tell you that it's the conditions are not great. Don't come. The majority of the good upstanding citizen ones definitely will, yeah. but the rest of them may not. So um, there are some, you know, unfortunately, some people out there that will take advantage of you that way. But I'm letting you know what's going on or I'm connecting you with guide buddies that I know that are going to up your game. So, um, you know, whether it's you want to fish for a specific target, uh, like some of my best buddies are fishing for pike or we're going to go up steelhead fishing soon up in upstate new york oh are you Actually, going to planning? We're, yeah and this month we're definitely oh, going to hit some uh, pike fishing which is always a fun time to do so you, we're going to talk about that steel that uh that new york trip we're going to talk about that oh yeah yeah so um well i i i digress because as being more of a a person who comes who likes the the west coast I won't call the steelhead that we call our Great Lakes <laughs> rainbows 
steelhead. I'll get in a fight with all my Western friends if I do that. So, um, but hey, listen, they fight yeah. almost as good. So it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Well, one of the things uh, that I always enjoy whenever we were together, we try to maximize whether it's springtime uh, and it's like, you know, what, we're going to hit the turkeys in the morning and we're going to go to the trout streams in the afternoon and we're going to forage some mushrooms along the way. You grew up in an outdoors family. Uh, you guys, were, your family was active in fishing and hunting. And then mm-hmm. our entire, you know, friendship, the years we spent together in the outdoors, it, there's always something to do outside. And that's kind of the thing I love about this idea of opening day is there's always one around the corner. And yeah. whether or not your opening day is... Uh, a successful one and remember the chat box guests let me know what you think did we have a successful opening day uh, in terms of did we get ourselves a deer opening day or not um yeah there's oh it's just the beginning and then there's always another one coming there's literally right now to last week was the opening of archery tomorrow's the opening of pheasant in a couple weeks we'll have the opening of uh pheasant youth a couple weeks we'll have pheasant for um, you know, everybody and you and me have had so much fun. You're going to save those feathers from me, right? That's what I was going to say. We've had so much fun out together. Uh, we've gone pheasant hunting, you tie flies. So we've saved the flies. So it just all works together. Uh, I'm really glad you joined in on this deer camp for the next couple weeks, but we definitely are hopefully going to plan some, maybe you'll see some video footage of this in person up this fall. We're going to dive into kind of covering what we're doing early season here, uh, because we have been super busy. Uh, opening day for us, uh, archery season comes in October, which is different back in the day when we lived in Connecticut, which is where Uncle Bourbon's uh, from and where he's at right now. Uh, our opening day was in September. So we were all summer long prepping, getting stands ready, getting blinds ready. And now our in PA, we're a little bit later. We're in October. It gives us a little extra time. But it seems to me like it doesn't matter how much time I have. I'm a procrastinator by nature. You're, you're always running out of time. Always I don't running. care who you are. I literally yesterday put up a blind. I have another one that I have to work on. Uh, we had a wicked year this year in our woods, in our area, for uh, bees. I don't know mm. what happened this year. There were so many ground nests. And we actually were, really? we were out berry picking one day. My parents were visiting. Yeah. And we got a really nice blackberry patch on the homestead. And every year this blackberry patch gets bigger and bigger and more and more berries. So we were out there with you know, grandma and grandpa, the grandkids are all out there picking berries. And uh, we were in, we had the four-wheeler out there. You know, we got the UTV so everybody can jump in it. And we're picking and we're getting ready to go. And they're going deeper and deeper in for the berries. And all of a sudden, the screaming started. Ah, bees, bees, bees. And the bees swarmed. And they swarmed my mom. I don't know what she did, but they went right for her. Everybody else was pretty safe. Uh, my, my middle son, he got hit once. But my mom, they were chasing her. We jumped in the UTV. And we started driving, you know, 40 miles an hour out of there. And the bees are following my mom. <laughs> Just bzz, 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 bzz. So this year, since that day, since we had that bee encounter, uh, we've been going into the woods to get ready for deer season. And I've been looking like, all right, where are the bees? And sure enough, I went out with two of my younger kids because I try to get everybody involved in the prep for the season. And I went out with a couple of the younger kids and we were going to find one of our ground blinds. We had a wicked snow last season and it collapsed two of our Mm -hmm. ground blinds. There's little pop-up lines that, you know, you go and you put them out in the woods. And uh, both of them got collapsed on, trees, limbs fell down and stuff. So I was going out to retrieve them, see if I could fix them up. And I started with the two younger ones. We went out, we found one of them, we started pulling on it, and all of a sudden the swarm started. But I was ready this time, so I yelled, run! And they booked it. At this point, they've learned if Daddy yells run in the woods, there's a good reason. They booked it, I booked it, and nobody got stung. So we were all right. We, every year, uh, we're pretty busy with prepping for uh, ground blind hunts, mostly for the kids, and prepping deer stands. Uh, I take the older ones up in some tree stands. And one of the things we do every year with our ground blinds to get ready, uh, we we try to brush them in really, really well. And the biggest things we spend our time with pre-season, getting ready for opening day, is brushing in. We do a little bit with the tree stands, but we do a lot of brushing in with the ground blinds. 
we find different spots in the property where we can put up a blind. Beautiful fall afternoon. The kids and I are about to set up a hunting blind. I love setting up blinds to be kind of like a family event. All the kids get out, we find a spot, we look for deer sign, and then we put it up together. And then later on, we'll be hunting out of it together. So let's get started. I like the blinds, especially for the little kids. It's easy to get in and out. It hides a lot of their movement. Wave. I always bring heavy duty zip ties with me. We cut a couple limbs off of other trees in the area. We zip tie them to the blind. I also do a couple of, uh, I'll cut a couple trees near it. And actually what I'll try to do is I'll hinge cut a few trees, small ones, and just lean them over the blind to brush it in so it's well hidden. So we got a pretty well brushed in blind here. Let's go far away, see if we can see it. Oh no. I'm about to do a test. It's called the 100 yard test. We're gonna go in and see if this will work. Oh yeah, this will work. What do you think? I think uh, it's good, but. Right yep, it's good, bud. We just need to open up some shooting lanes now. It takes a while, but with all the kids helping, we managed to cover up that blind pretty much completely, and uh, we're invisible to the deer. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fun way to get the kids involved. I love setting blinds up like that. We do it with tree stands too. Everybody helps, but the blind days are one of my personal favorite. Where's the stash? Yeah, man? I mean, I haven't seen that look. I haven't seen that look since BHS. Man, we're kicking it old. People school. are gonna think I like have a, a fake mustache that I just put on for the show and I forgot. <laughs> Did you? Did you? Is that a fake? Stash? If you're listening to the podcast version of this, that little video clip we played, we actually filmed it last year. And uh, the reason I wanted to share that setup, uh, that setup was a successful setup. Uh, so this mm -hmm. is just a good tip for people watching. If you're getting ready for deer season and you do a lot of archery or even for gun hunting, it's good to get your, your stuff hidden. Uh, that blind setup, me and the kids set up last year before I had a mustache. So there, there explains that. The chat box went wild like, what? <laughs> uh, what we try to do is we find a good spot where that blind will fit where we can get it nice and flat. We get it pinned and staked to the ground, put a couple chairs in it so that, you know, there's a good comfy spot to sit. And then as you see, we cut limbs from the surrounding trees. And actually, uh, one of the things that I explained in the beginning when, I don't know, my sound wasn't working there. Um, we will try to hinge cut trees. So I will try to find a couple small trees that are near where the blind's going that aren't good trees, not high quality trees not something that I want to let keep growing on the property. Uh, and we'll hinge cut them. And what a hinge cut, what that means is you basically you're taking the tree and you're trying to cut it about halfway through with the idea that you don't want to cut it all the way through. So you cut about halfway through and then you start pulling or pushing on it as it's being cut. And it will generally, it'll wind up hinging over like this. Uh, you know, if you're listening to the podcast, basically it forms like a 90 degree uh, you know, elbow, and ideally it's still connected. And the reason why, if you can only cut about half of it, is that tree will actually stay alive. Not every time, sometimes they die, 
but if you do a good hinge cut, the tree will stay alive. And what that means is you will have, if you do it with a tree on either side of your blind, you form like an X around it, hinge cut trees, all the foliage will stay on those trees like all the rest of the foliage does as long as it does. But every season, if you do a good hinge cut, that tree stays alive, that blind will be really, really well hidden uh, by that really, really good foliage coming back every year. And actually, you'll find deer, depending on the tree, uh, they like to eat hinge cut trees. So not only are you providing your blind with some cover, but you got a little um, allowable bait, whether your state lets you bait or not. They can't tell you you can't have a tree you know, down in the field where the, the deer are gonna come munching on it. So if they're long trees and they're sticking out 10, you know, 10 yards away from your blind, you might have yourself a good little, uh, good little att uh, legal attractant. So that's something that we're real busy with this time of year. And we're not even done. We still got a lot to go. But keeps us busy, keeps the kids busy. Uh, I got one more blind that's still collapsed in the woods. And that's the one that was near the bee's nest. And we still have yet to retrieve it. The minute we went to you know, go get it, the bees were buzzing. Uh, so we're going to wait till a cold morning comes and we can pull that out of there. Uh, early season, bow season. Uh, have you hunted bow season early in a couple years, Uncle Bourbon? Yeah, not too many years ago. Back when we were in Connecticut, we always spent a lot of time together. And I remember, was it opening day a couple years ago, back when we were in CT, that you wound up getting that nice doe? It wasn't opening day, but it was the opening week. Opening week. I believe you had taken a bit of a hiatus from archery hunting, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. It had been a few years since I had even picked up a bow. In fact, I think I had given a bow to a buddy probably 10 years before that and hadn't picked up a bow until that year. Again, and, and you gave me one of your old bows floating around, which was good. Yep. Yeah, I wound up. I wound up we working together. So. And I was like, yeah. I was trying to get you back into it. I love getting my friends back into the woods, and uh, we'd spent plenty of time fishing. But I was like, come on, you got to get back in the woods, get through some archery, and you're like, ah, you know, I don't have a bow, so I'm a bit of an enabler. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were. That's right. We were working together that year. So at lunch break, yeah. I remember you and me were practicing, right? Mm-hmm. We'd be in up. early morning, we'd go up on the hill sometimes and even look, you know, if we could sneak in a little time early. My early. poor old man. He, <laughs> <laughs> My dad, we were both working for my dad in excavation, you know, uh, and he'd, he'd like have us doing running different jobs and we'd be showing up early like, oh man, that's a good spot. Let's see if we can get something. <laughs> yep. Or our lunch break, we'd be hiking, looking for falls. Yep. Yep. Looking <laughs> for stuff, stuff yeah. shooting bows at lunch. Dad'd be like, come on, got to get back to work. But we wound up, I remember we had a couple properties set up that year and this one property in particular, uh, early season, it's a gem. Uh, the property is a, a little 10 acre piece. When you're hunting in Connecticut, everything's a 10 acre plot. Uh, comment, let us know in the chat box, like, what are you guys used to hunting? You know, is it is it a thousand acres of public land? Is it a hundred acres of private? Is it is it one acre? Literally in Connecticut, we had properties we hunted because there's not a lot of big properties. We'd have a three acre property where the house was here and with our bow and arrow, we'd be sneaking yeah. out around back. Yeah, we're, we're fortunate because with bow and arrow, there's literally almost no size limit. As long yeah. as your neighbors are cool with the deer ending up on their property, you can <laughs> you can basically do it. That's the hard part about a small one is like you shoot it and then it jumps over three neighbors' yards and you're knocking yeah. on every door. Do you mind if we uh, go blood trailing through your backyard? <laughs> like that's why my dog was so bloody. Yeah. But this place, we had, we had just gotten permission, uh, a buddy of ours who's been on the show years ago, um, yeah. he was a landscaper. And uh, actually, you saw him recently. We did back in the summer. We had a bit of a fishing adventure, and uh, oh, all man. our all our outdoors buddies were on that. That's right. And uh, our buddy James, he he's a landscaper, so he would get us a lot of good properties because it was places where he was going. He was planting garden beds, and the deer were eating them up. And he's you know saying to people like, hey, you know, we could take care of those deer for you that are eating all those flowers. So he got us his ten acre place, and. Uh, the way it was laid out, it was kind of like a nice nice little valley out behind a house, 10 acres, good marshy wood plot that surrounded a, a valley, which was a nice field. And the deer would filter out of the marsh, and they would come into that field. 
and they would feed. And then up behind the field, there was a hill and there were apple trees all along that field edge. So it was like they had bedding. And this is something if you're, if you're trying to get your first deer, you know, you always got to be thinking about deer edge creatures. Uh, so where do you set up, right? You find a place where their, their bedding meets their feed and where they're headed to for more feed. Uh, one of the best places you can hunt is a staging area where they're going on their way to more feed because generally they'll start in that staging area and then head out. And I remember this, we had set up, we had set up a ground blind at a point in some cedar trees and you hadn't hunted it. Uh, like you had said, it had been years and years, right? And oh no, it had, I don't even want to, it, it had to be at least 10 years since right? I actually a decade. And me and bow James, hunted. yeah, me and James had been bow hunting for like five years at this point. And, yeah. You know, bow hunting, you go out 10 times and, you know, eight yep. times you don't see anything. And then one time you get him and he was at 40 yards and you started to pick up your bow and it squeaked and he took off running. So you're like, I'm going to do it, guys. I'm going to get back in the woods. And so we had that blind all set up. We actually went and put that blind up, didn't we? Yeah. And you, so you probably remember, like we did the whole thing, right? We, I remember uh, yep. digging out the floor so there wouldn't be any noise brushing it in and, oh yeah that was a tight blind and you got to hunt that spot opening week yep. we had already gone out james had gone out not seen anything i had gone out you went in first night what happened first night not just so first, first night of the year first night of you hunting in a decade yeah first night hunting in a decade i'm in the blind and it was a nice september night as it would be here a little on the cool side which was nice it was perfect but we end up i'm in the blind and all of a sudden basically after a couple hours of just sitting there and not really much happening all of a sudden they start filtering down and it wasn't just like a few it was a bunch <laughs> there had to be at least 10 or 12 deer coming through this field i remember you were texting down. me the whole at time at one point yeah at one point i'm in the blind and i have a, a deer within five feet of the blind. But at this point, just because of the way it came in so quickly and the, and with the, just the, everything that was going on, didn't even have time to draw on it. So I just had to sit there. And I remember looking dead into the blind, like right at me. And I'm like, all right, look down at the ground and don't look at this thing, okay? And it started to move off. And finally, I'm like, okay, it's getting late. That, but I didn't want I to take a hasty you. shot. When you sure. have a, this is a good thing. When you have a deer staring at you, you said you look at the ground. That, is that, is yep. that what you do if a deer is looking at you? I like to do that. I just think that, you know, yeah. I don't know if it's reality or not, but I don't want to look it dead in the eyes because I think it's looking right at me and it knows what I'm, that I'm there. So. so next time we're hunting together and we're stalking up on a deer and it starts to notice us, you're never going to look at me the same way again because here's my secret. This is what I always do. I don't even know if I've told – I think I've told my kids this too. I will – the minute a deer's got eyes on me, I will hum the sound of music. I believe animals have, have like, you know, that, that sixth sense. They, they can tell a predator, you know, they like know what's going on. Yeah. But like, how can you get predator vibes from Julie Andrews, right? That's right. a good idea. I like that. So I'll be like creeping yeah. up and I'll be like, and as soon as they look at me, I'm like, Works every time. <laughs> All right. I like it. Guys, chat box, let me know who's going to be humming Sound of Music this fall. So this deer yeah. looks in, he looks at you, you start humming sound of oh. music, what happens next? So eventually the, the deer start to move on and now they've, 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 the majority of them have left and started migrating down. If you remember that property, they had to come down the hill through the wooded area from like a water spot. And then we'd go into what we thought was like a bedding area after they migrated through a feeding area. And so it was getting to be sunset or close to that, really close to like, I don't really want to take a shot. It's getting to, it's going to be like around that cusp of dark where we're done, you know, in Connecticut legally. But all of a sudden there's a deer and it's, 
it's turned broadside to me and it's, yeah, it's 40 yards away at least. And, uh, you know, we just decided that uh, it was a Godspeed John Glenn moment, as we <laughs> named the arrow later. In retrospect, it, if you haven't figured out, I'm a space space fan, you know. Yeah, all of Uncle Bourbon's cool. arrows, this is something I always do. I always name my arrows, and I used yeah. to put little pictures on the fletching, so they had a personality. And all of your arrows were named, he's a, he's an acid nerd. All of your arrows, yeah. what did you have? You had John Glenn. You John know, Glenn. Apollo 13 was that bad arrow that went yeah. a little wonky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buzz Aldrin arrow was the best though. Come on, I mean, it cold cocked anything, it got in the way, trust me. So, even on camera, it would do it, no. But uh, it was a long shot, 40 yards to take, you know, or 40 yards plus first shot. But I was like, you know what? No guts, no glory, let's go for it. <laughs> it, I, it, was a, it was a safe shot only because it was turned broadside completely, this deer. And uh, the light was still good enough to take the shot. So I took the shot. Um, heard the arrow make the impact. Uh, the deer, you know, leapt and wheeled out of there. And at that point, I just sat still, especially because it was dark. Um, just waited it out. Uh, didn't want to force it or push it. And I remember, I'm sure I was texting you like crazy. Oh, yeah. First James, probably. Yep. In our little chat. And uh, so then I went over to check, and, and there wasn't really a lot of blood there, which was kind of weird. I didn't see my arrow on the ground, so I'm like, all right. But at that point, it was dark. We decided let's not look now, let's go back early in the morning. So other than a fitful night of lack of sleep for me. Yeah, that's you know, right. We got back over there at like what, 5 a.m.? Yep, because before work, we had work to go to. In the, yeah. Right? We had work that day, yep. yep. So totally went there the next morning, we looked. And I remember the tracking was really hard. We did find some blood and then we tracked it and we kept tracking it and we were looking and we worked our tails off to, yeah. uh, to find this deer. It did good... not go far. Nope. The only good thing about it was it went up the hill towards the water, which was also along the driveway. So That's we right. found the deer, this, this beautiful 90 pound doe laying against the tree, <laughs> you know, right about 10 feet from the grass. So all I had to do is gut it, drag it 10 feet, put it in the back of the truck and take it home. Connecticut hunting, man. <laughs> like it can't not be next to the driveway. <laughs> it's yeah. like right there. That was one of my favorite hunts. Not only. But I don't think we took, what was that? I mean, it might've only been, was that 75 yards from I where the deer I think we counted 75 y yards from where you hit yeah. Yeah, I think but it, it took us over an hour minutes. and a half to track at that 75 yards just because yep. it, it had hit just a little high. It was like a liver shot, if I remember right. Yep. It stayed it stayed in, but, uh, you know, and most of the blood, but yeah. It, you you did the right thing. You, you knew with archery, you know, if any of you are newer to archery hunting or have done it in the past, um, archery is one of those things where there's a lot of room for error. And the best thing you can do is if you're not sure back out give the deer a little bit of time and uh you did the right thing yeah. you backed out you didn't disturb anything you didn't jump oh. anything the trail especially with that especially with that site i mean the yeah. fact that there were over a dozen deer down in the field that oh, evening yeah we couldn't ruin that spot it was our first year That's really right. hunting that spot yep. too so it was like can't blow it up not first night yep and then like you said that the hit because of the deer was up on a hill and you where you were shooting from the, the hole from the arrow was a little high so it was a hard trail and i remember one of the i actually one of the things i love most about having buddies to enjoy the outdoors with i love going on other people's trails i love tracking mm -hmm. with other people on there whenever i have a deer that's hit and i'm blood trailing for myself or for my kids i'm way more nervous i'm emotionally invested i want to get that deer and i'm stressed i go on a buddy's trail I get to be like Sherlock Holmes, like, mm, mm, it's elementary. Now, I'm really bad on a blood yeah. trail because, as Uncle Bourbon knows, I'm colorblind. So Yeah, that did not help us. Looking for red dots on green grass, not not great for me. <laughs> over no, the years, though, over the years, that has actually helped me get better at blood trailing. When I finally learned, if any of you out there are colorblind, you'll, you'll realize, like, oh, this is a problem. It's really hard to find deer. So I've learned some extra tips and maybe we'll talk about that later in the season. We'll do an episode on, cool. on that'd be a good one on trailing. Uh, but I love going on other people's tracking jobs because there's no stress. It's just fun. It's just, all right, I'm out with my buddies trying to find a deer. And that's one of my oh, yeah. favorite memories going with you on Easy that. for you guys. You uh -huh. guys got to sleep that night. I'm you the one who's thinking there's about 50 million coyotes in the state, and they're all on that property that night. That's the truth, man. Coyotes. Because you know in Connecticut, bummer. that's the way it is. Oh, yeah. Yep. They're all over. 
They are yeah. all over. There's more coyotes than deer, <laughs> especially on the property that we were working on with Dad that year. Oh yeah, yep. They're they're everywhere, and man, they're they're. If, if you're trying to hunt coyotes, you know they're harder to hunt than the deer. They're harder to see. They're they're the ghosts of the woods. Um, but man, they'll get to your they'll get to your deer fast. But yours, they didn't, right? That was totally no. fine. We were really surprised they didn't. Yeah. Yep. So. Especially in that location, because I mean, they run across the the roads right down there, no problem. Like, that's common. We had a good question before. I, we can talk about it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's take a question. We are going to do uh, the, for the homesteady pioneers. We're going to have a little bit of an after party, so we will cover a few more questions there. But yeah, what was the question? So Frankenstein to twenty eighty seven asked, "Do you prefer to hunt from a blind slash stand, or do you prefer to stalk?" Oh man. Okay. I know that's such a good question. This is something that in our house, uh, we're having a little bit of, um, my kids are getting older and they're finding their own way and they're yeah. developing all their own, you know, what they want in the world. And Uncle Bourbon, you guys, the reason I call him Uncle Bourbon, uh, he's basically my adopted brother and he is, my kids call him Uncle Bourbon. He's like one of their uncles and, uh, he's just close family member, friend for years and, uh. So he's, he's spent a lot of time with my kids out in the woods, hunting, fishing, all mm -hmm. these things. Uh, so you know the personalities we're dealing with here. And my son, does my oldest, does not like to sit still. He nope. does not like to sit still. So hunting for him, sitting still in a blind for, you know, hours and hours and hours. And, like, you know how it is, especially <laughs> when you're a dad taking your kids hunting for the first time. And you're like, okay. snack it's like yeah i want a snack where's it no stop moving oh crap no don't and you hand them like uh, they'll have like a bag of chips and they're like <laughs> no 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 i literally had to teach my daughter how to eat a pringle with one bite because i was like you got it just so my son hey wait 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 you got to just start bringing more gobs out there man yeah that's the problem any noise. we don't have enough gobs to to keep us fed so my son, this year, we've been watching The Hunting Public. We love that YouTube channel. We've been watching a lot of their stuff. And I watch a few others. I watch Midwest White Tail. I watch the Heartland Bowhunter guys. And everybody's got their own styles. I'm a huge fan of Grant Woods. I watch his stuff, GrowingDeer.tv. Uh, yep. Comment, guys, in the comment box if you have some channels you like to watch that cover hunting. Uh, those are my favorites. But The Hunting Public guys, they're always moving. They're always going to new places and trying new mm -hmm. things, and they're doing lots of stalking. And my son is like, I want to do that. So generally, for the last like five years, I have gravitated, to answer Frankenstein's question, I have gravitated myself to very, very sedentary whitetail hunting. I hardly yep. move. And I think the biggest reason for that is we hunt private land. We hunt mostly our own farm now. We have about 200 acres to hunt on the farm. And if you move around 200 acres, you're going to spook all the deer out off your property yep. and they're never coming back. Yeah, if you do it a lot, if you, if you keep, especially the big bucks sure. and things. But uh, if you have access to public land, if you have room, I used to do a lot more stalking back when I was a new bow hunter. I actually got my first deer off the ground, stalking, spot and stalking 50 acres. And my first couple deer were stalking off the ground, and that was with a bow, so it, it was a pretty good stalk. Um, yep. We're thinking about maybe getting back into it a little bit this year because he really wants mm -hmm. to. So maybe we'll go on a couple public land adventures, spot and stalk. Yeah. It's. Uh, I think that's a. I think that's a good thing because at the end of the day, let's face it. Maybe the indigenous people of this country, it was their land as much as it was the animals' land. But it's the deer own your farm. I hate to tell you that, <laughs> and and they that is their domain, and there's a reason they're still alive on their on their domain. So when we're sneaking up on them, we're nowhere near as good as they are. Yeah, it just it's it's sorry, sorry buddy. He's it, gonna hate me for that answer. But <laughs> <laughs> it's so many more challenges are added to the mix no. when you're going in stalking on them. If you can pattern yeah. them, figure out where they're gonna be and when, and, and yeah. tuck into a blind. 
Plus, with kids, there's so many more elements added in that make it more difficult that it's just good to control the situation. So I've, I'm 100% now. I don't, even during <laughs> rifle season on our own property, I hardly stalk. Most of the time, I'm, I'm, um, I'm sitting in a blind or in a tree stand. I think, I think like you said, and also it's going to depend on what you're hunting for and where you're hunting too. I mean, out west where you've got wide open lands, you're in, you know, main right. alpine grasslands. Yep. You're going to, you can stalk because you're, you're going to take a long shot. Yep. Different story for an elk or something out there. But where we are, where the woods are so tight, I mean, yeah. the visibility it makes it a lot more challenging. I mean, you can do it, but it is, it is so much more challenging, but Maybe a good thing. But it's going to your game. Skills. That's it. So I think what we're going to try to do this year, uh, we once in a while we'll sneak off. We do a lot of public land hunting for birds, and we're going to be talking about that yep. this in this special series. We'll do a whole episode talking about bird hunting and using dogs like and stuff. Um, th that's one of my big passions, too. We, we've got a lot of good bird hunting stories to share, so oh, yeah. everybody stay tuned. Um, but that... I think we're going to add to this year. Maybe we'll plan something if you sneak down for a hunt camp this year. This is kind of cool. We have a history. We actually have been hunting this property where we now live. This farm has been in the family. So since I you know, was dating Kendra, I was coming to visit this farm. And mm -hmm. this has always been hunt camp. For me okay. and for all my buddies, this was actually, we would like plan a trip where we would visit Pennsylvania and we'd all get out-of-state tags. A bunch of Connecticut boys would come to the big woods of PA. And the th Uncle Bourbon, me, and our buddy James, the three of us would come to the property in a week. We would get here. We would hang a bunch of tree stands. We'd put in a bunch of blinds and brush them in. And then we'd hang some game cameras. That was like day one and day two. Didn't we usually, like, you can't hunt Sundays in PA. Now, that's changing a little yeah. bit. But I think what we would do, we used to, like, travel down on a Saturday Yep. And then Sunday, set up Sunday, because you couldn't hunt. Sunday was yeah. like, get everything up, put up stands, brushing blinds. Make sure, make sure your mother-in-law was making us gobs. Oh man, that was the those were the good old days. <laughs> now, uh, now it's not a vacation. There's less gobs. Someone's asking, what's a gob? Oh, what's a gob? Oh yeah, I know that. That was also a question I was gonna. All right. So first we'll cover what's a gob, and then we'll get into okay. that, that great question. And maybe we can get a few more details on what they want to talk about specifically. So what is a gob? Sure. Western Pennsylvania specialty. Like, it's literally Western PA yeah. food. It was a, a snack that was made yep. for coal miners. Guys going deep into the mines, working in the dark all day. The word gob actually is a, a mining reference. A gob was something they would find in the mines and so they started calling these big black, what they're essentially, if, if you've ever seen a whoopie pie, if you're from maybe the Northeast, you would look at it and you'd say, oh, that's yeah. a whoopie pie. But it's not a whoopie pie. And don't you dare call it a whoopie pie because it's a gob. Uh, and it's different. So a gob. No, no, not in PA. Don't call it in PA. No. A gob looks like a whoopie pie, but it's very, very different. Uh, it's too, like, half round cakes with icing in the middle and the two cakes come together like this and it's full of icing yeah like a sandwich and you eat usually it. a secret family recipe yes absolutely secret family recipe we talk about gobs from time to time we never share recipes and we have a family recipe that is so good no. like i i have searched western pa for a gob that beats my mother-in-law's and whether or not she watches this episode, this is not sucking up. She knows it's the truth. Because I've tried to find a better one. I have searched. I've bought them. No. Paid for them. I've had other people's. My mother-in-law's gob is the best. The best I've ever had. So, At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. 
Altacovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. We'd have everything set up on Sunday and then Monday morning through the following Saturday. And the goal was usually Saturday was butcher day. So it was like we had yeah. a five-day period to fill some tags. Hunt like crazy. Yeah. And it was every morning, every evening. Oh, we had we had contests, remember? Who yep. who could hold out for the gob the longest and the stand the first thing in the morning? <laughs> you know? How many trains went by? Oh, man. These kids and their snacks now. Yeah, they will burn through the snacks so fast. That's uh, that's one of our like the ways I can keep them out hunting yeah. longer is if I control the snacks. If I let them have the snacks when they want them, we're done hunting nope. in two hour an hour. Yeah. If I oh, keep yeah, the no. snacks, like oh, you want to go in? Well, I got another candy bar if you're interested. Our opening day. How did it go? You've guessed. Some people have said yes. They got one. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if anybody guessed no, but this is your last chance. Put it in the chat box. Yes, they got a deer. I didn't no, see any no. They didn't get a deer. And let's let's watch and see. How did our opening day go? climb down and be all done I'm wandering through the woods trying to you know scout out a new spot to put up a new stand my daughter runs up to the grandparents house which we're hunting behind their grandparents house she runs up she's seen her grandparents probably grabbing a snack because she dropped all her M&Ms and uh, I'm in the woods not 10 minutes after my daughter went into the house and sure enough one little deer wanders in front of our stand, now mind you, I'm like 100 yards away from the stand, one little deer wanders in front of our stand, broadside, 30 yards. Perfect shot. Totally could add some venison in the freezer. And I'm standing there, I don't even have the crossbow on me. My daughter using the crossbow right now. I don't have the crossbow on me. I, you know, had nothing. I'm just watching it going, well, yeah, of course that's how this happens. So we did see a deer, 
but didn't get one. It's okay. Opening day, beginning of the season, and uh, we got a lot, a lot left ahead of us. A lot of adventures. So you can now come and guess if we're going to get one this season, because I know we are. We're definitely going to get one. If you are a homesteady pioneer, uh, we're going to have a little bit of an after show, a uh, little uh, homesteady pioneer hunt camp. Uh, there's a link in the email I sent you, so check your email inbox. That'll take you over to the website, and you can join us on our Zoom. So you'll see Uncle Bourbon in the Zoom. You'll see me in the Zoom. Uh, if you're not sick of being on Zoom, uh, we can talk a little bit more about opening day, uh, early season hunting. I'd love to hear what some of you have planned for your hunting season this year. Uh, so please join us for that. Uh, for the rest of you, this was a lot of fun. I cannot wait. This series is just getting started. We're going to do it through October and into November, kind of follow along our season, talk hunting uh, here on YouTube, on the podcast if you're listening later. Uncle Bourbon, as always, I love when you're at hunt camp. Thank you for joining us for this. If people want to follow you on social, uh, see some of the other adventures you're up, you know, you're doing, uh, where do they find you? I would use on the flycast. You got to put some underscores in there. We'll have to toss it up there or something, but yeah. <laughs> so on Instagram is the best place. Yeah. At on the flycast with the spaces are underscores, but you'll get it. All right. So, so we'll, uh, we'll post a picture in the homesteady uh, Instagram and you can comment and, uh, or just search on the flycast yeah. in Instagram and you should find uncle bourbon and see what he's up to this fall. And hopefully it's uh aligning with what we're up to this fall there, there's going to be some pike fishing which oh. is going to make uh oldest son number one going to be very jealous yes yes but, you know still working on that we're going to throw some of these babies at some throw some oh. babies some of these babies at pike that's a beauty we should do a fly tie, fly tying night too do a uh a session while we're talking about fall fishing you can tie some flies for us what just just make sure you have some vibations and we'll or libations and Bring we'll talk. bourbon. Thank you all for joining us here on YouTube. We'll see you guys in the next version of this. Get on the email list. That's how you know when we're going to do these things. I warn everybody on the email list when we're going to do live shows at least a day in advance. Even if I don't tell you what time the show is going to be, Noah caught me on that. Thanks, Noah. So thank you all. We're going to shut the live stream down and we'll spend some time with Homesteady Pioneers. See the rest of you next week.